Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this, Ray. You know what we're sponsored by? We're sponsored by being blessed. And this is what I mean by that. I thought about this in the wake of the Warriors' loss, which obviously still looms, you know, heavy over Dub Nation, over Goldcast Nation. I thought about this, though, about just how lucky we are to even be in this position to lose a championship. And and that that's going to sound that's probably sounds really weird to people, but let me explain. So everyone hear me out, hear me out. Let me explain this to you guys. The reason I think we're so lucky is cuz we have literally been in the in the finals or a World Series or a Super Bowl every year, pretty much every year since 2010. There are cities like the Chicago Cubs who have just won one World Series in 100 years and a Super Bowl back in 85, and that's it. There are other cities that have never won anything. And here we, ha- here we have been lucky to experience two back-to-back dynasties. Back-to-back. I can't believe it. We have had more success in the big three than even Boston in this decade. And to lose, to, to be even be in a position to lose a finals after winning as many as we did, we're pretty blessed. We're pretty blessed. And for those who are part of Goldcast Nation, it sucks to lose. But when you think about what we have accomplished on the way to this loss, how many rings this city has won in this decade alone, we're really lucky. And I think that's the biggest takeaway if you're a sports fan from the San Francisco Bay Area, which most of you are. We're really lucky to have even been in this position. And I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done at all. I think the Warriors after this year are going to re-up. We're going to talk about that at the end of the episode. But we're going to focus on the team that I think has the biggest opportunity to get there probably an equally amount of time. And that's our 49ers. But before we do that, Ray, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment, because we love to hear from everybody and do our best to interact with the crowd, which is really fun for us to do, by the way. It is really fun. We have so many great comments. Raymond, where can they find you if they want to reach out to you directly? Like some of our other uh, fans that do follow us, I'm I'm always easiest to follow on Twitter at Ray Solis and Instagram at Ray Solis One. And fans do reach out to me directly. They actually share articles with me sometimes too, and that's really fun and actually helpful too because sometimes I'm busy with doing other things and I can't stay on top of it right in right in the moment. And so to get a notification on my phone uh, that something has happened with one of our Bay Area teams is really helpful. It's very helpful. Absolutely, Ray. You're 100% right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rudy Solis 3RD. And you can follow me on Instagram at Rudy Solis 3. And if you go down into the description of this episode on on your podcast feed, whatever it is, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever, wherever you have us, uh, wherever podcasts are sold for free, you can go and click and follow all of our handles. They're right there in the description of this episode. Okay, so 
we are going to start with the three biggest takeaways from minicamp. Just from this minicamp era, just from the last week of everything that has happened in 49er-dumb. It is time to get focused, people. We've got uh, around 81 or 82 days before the start of the new season. It is upon us, and it will be here before you can even think about it. But first, as always, the best, best, best podcast intro in the game is about to drop. The greatest fanalist is here. Your professor of fanalism is also here. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. Boom, 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 boom. All right. So, Raymond, minicamp has ended. It's done. The 49ers have wrapped up another one of their crescendoing moments as we head in towards the start of preseason, and that's when it really, really starts to matter. We've got minicamp just ended, then there's training camp, and then we go into preseason. So we have, for the people, we've put together for you guys what we think our three biggest takeaways are. All right, my friends, so here is number one, and then I'm going to toss it over to Raymond, the greatest panelist in the game. Number three. This is actually it doesn't have to do with minicamp per se, as we were saying, it was kind of doing with the this whole era right now. The offensive line, Raymond, is signed up through 2021. What does that mean? Break that down. Why is that important to the people? Well, I think it starts with the fact that this whole thing became illuminated because Joe Staley got re-signed. He had a new contract extension that signs him through 2021. So that kind of put everything on notice or on highlight for all of us fans that are following the team because I'm like, all right, cool. And it was this huge emotional thing. There's videos on it. Matt Mayoko put um, up videos and had an article just breaking down how it came together and everything. And I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Joe Staley was very emotional, which means he's going to, He's going to, you know, start his career with the 49ers and end his career with the 49ers, which is super rare these days in sports. And so Staley is signed through 2021, which means Jimmy Garoppolo's blind side is going to be protected by our six-time Pro Bowl left tackle, which is awesome. Blake and Tomlinson is signed through 2021. Weston Richburg is signed through 2022. Mike Person is signed through 21. And Mike McGlinchey, our big draft pick, who's going to be the future of Joe Staley's, you know, once Joe Staley retires, Mike McGlinchey will ideally is going to be moving over to left tackle, and then we'll have to address the right tackle after that. And he signed through 2021 and also has a fifth-year option available for 2022, which, if he plays well, will obviously pick up that option. And so this means that the the cohesion of the offensive line is going to be consistent for the next three years at minimum. And that is huge for how the running game plays out 
how especially with that we do the 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 zone we do a Mike Shan, Kyle Shanahan does a zone running scheme, which means there's lots of movement. Guys get out and get out in the running lanes and also push downfield. It's not just power, which is more of Jim Harbaugh's take on the running game. It's more of a power running game because Frank Gore is a, a north-south running back. But with Kyle Shanahan, he uses a three, four-headed horse to spear the running attack. So that involves a lot of movement, a lot of switching, a lot of, um, I forget what they're called, but it's when, like Joe Staley will sw- push off to the right side will come off from the left side and push to the right side. And refer, uh, likewise, vice versa, Mike McGlinchey or Mike person or like Tomlinson will push off to one side and do, they'll basically do stunts. Like on the defensive line, we have stunts where a defensive lineman will come from the right side, to the left side or vice versa. They'll do that on the uh, offensive line side. If they're going to push strong on one side of a sweep or a toss or on the other side. And so this consistency is huge for any offensive line because in the NFL, it's all about communication. It's 11 on 11, and those five positions are such a huge integral part to facilitating what the quarterback does through the air or what the running back does on the handoff. And to know that all of these guys are going to be together with this team for the next three years running this same exact system that we're now two years into and going to go on our third, I think is huge, especially with all the new pieces that are in place and some of the pieces that are returning, like IE Trent Taylor um, and some of our other rookies that we've drafted. And the reason why I mentioned Trent Taylor is because he had a really good mini camp and there's been a lot of praise talking about him, especially under the new wide receiver coach, Wes Welker, who's obviously a huge influence and everyone's going to, you know, heed to his, his tutelage because, you know, his, his resume speaks for itself. But going back to the offensive line, I think that's huge. It's huge for for Jimmy G, Jimmy G because he gets to gel with the same guys that are going to be protecting him for the next three years, and all the running backs are also going to gel with that same crew too. And the same goes for the offensive line and also the tight ends. So all of that plays into it. it Jimmy G is obviously the facilitator of the offense, but it always starts with the offensive line. Every play starts starts on the line of scrimmage with the offensive line, offensively speaking. And so to know that this group's going to be together, I think it's huge. I think it's totally, totally huge. I mean, it means they're going to, this gelling is going to, because they've been relatively healthy, this group. There haven't been any major injuries. There's been some things that have kept them out of games here and there, but nothing like we're seeing on a defensive side of the football. So this to me is a, is a very good sign heading into training camp and then the regular season because we need consistency and health. And this is one area that the 49ers have been very good at. And to know that it's going to remain that way for the next three years, I think is sorely needed and, and not, not seen a lot with a lot of other teams. I, I name another team that has all of their offensive starting offensive linemen signed for the next three years. Well, Raymond, I'll do you one uh, better. I can do the opposite. I can name a team whose every offensive lineman is going to be a free agent in 2020. That's those little pesky douchebaggy Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> yes, yes. Who've who've bet who put most of their betting chips on the defense? Sure did, and the entire offensive line, in a stroke of brilliance, is is a free our free agents in twenty twenty. Incredible. Well done. Yeah. Good luck with that. Which is now which is less than one year away. Less than one year away. <laughs> Okay, number two, our second biggest takeaway 
isn't an observation. Well, it is an observation, but it's coming in the form of a question. And that is, will the defense be healthy and ready by the start of the season? A little concerning. Am I right? Especially because we also, similar to what the Rams did last year, we also put a lot of chips in on the defense and really did our best to improve the defense. And on paper, this is a pretty, this is a, this is a, this is a, a lineup that has a lot of potential. So what is, what are your feelings about this? Will the defense be healthy and ready? And let's just talk about our concerns with this. Well, first of all, they're not healthy right now. And that's, that's, the biggest takeaway that I got out of minicamp, there's a bunch of injuries. Minicamp was not a smooth, there, there was OTAs and minicamp and neither of those were very smooth for the team as a whole in regards to health. And that to me, I don't know how to look at it at this point because last year it was the opposite. Everybody was healthy. You know, we, everyone was riding high off of Jimmy G's arrival and things looked so good and optimistic coming into the regular season. And then everything fell to shit once Jimmy G went down. And then it was just a domino effect of injuries from then on out. And this year, maybe, I mean, Kyle Shanahan was saying, was kind of half joking, like, you know, last year we were healthy and you saw how that turned out this year. You know, you know, we got a lot of guys banged up, but they should be ready by the start of the season and or training camp. So Maybe it's, you know, a reversal and they're just getting these things out of the way now. But, you know, some guys are recovering from hamstrings. Nick Bosa, our, our number two pick, he's re- or number, th- what was it, number two? Yeah. He's recovering from a hamstring injury and he should be ready by the start of the regular season. So he's going to miss training camp, which is unfortunate. But, you know, he's there. He's present. He's he's there t- soaking in what he can. He just can't participate in the actual physical drills. And... The secondary is an area of huge concern. Jimmy Ward, we took another risk with him. And again, this guy is the real-life version of Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, from Unbreakable. <laughs> this poor guy, this poor guy could not cannot keep his bones together no matter what. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah, we've got a real-life Mr. Glass, and he believes signed on the 49ers squad he they said he's going to be ready by the start of the season but we don't know we're going to what we're going to get out of him but you know i just that was the the rocky thing another rocky thing that really kind of stood out to me thank god the offensive line is signed and healthy because the defense is just stinging right now but on the plus side you have deforest buckner coming back he's looking good uh we have thomas who says that he's you know more or less you know in a better place regarding his family tragedy and so he's looking to make strides and sort of become the player that he you know he wants to live up to his draft position and his draft stock we have sherman who's coming back who's going to be even healthier than he was the previous season we have we took a flyer on jason verrett if he comes back and is even 75 percent of his former self i think that'll be great well that's the problem with jason verrett though too ray is that he's also a mr glass Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he's also, you know, he's he's Mr. Glass San Diego edition. He is, but at least he has Pro Bowls in his, at least he's he's had moments where he's played at an extremely high level versus Ward, who's been Mr. Glass since year one. So Ward hasn't, you know, been able to live up to any of his potential. He's had, you know, moments in games, you know, let alone Verrett, who's had, you know, good 
good moments through entire stretches of a season. So I, I we'll see. But I mean, this is an area of concern. But most of these guys are going to be ready by the beginning of the season. So I think that is something to look forward to. But there certainly was a lot of question marks and head scratching and almost like just trepidation. Um, learning, you know, the long list of guys that are just not ready to go right now. And it's mostly defense. It is mostly defense, again. It is. It is, and it's frustrating and a little disconcerting, 100%. Let's see what happens as we go into training camp and then preseason. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. All right, so number one, the number one biggest takeaway from minicamp the return of Jimmy G. Jimmy G's Gucci gang. He's back. He's back. So let's talk about that, Ray. Well, Jimmy G is wearing a brace. He did mostly seven on seven drills, but even that was kind of limited. And minicamp is a very short period of time. It's not training camp's going to be much more extensive. All of that, they're going to, that leading up to preseason is going to be the bulk of, of the work where they're going to take a deeper dive into the playbook and really start to offense and defense, not just offense, but you know, for the sake of our, our topic here, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy was limited for the most part, but he did start to go through reps. He did seven on seven and worked his way up to 11 on 11. Although 11 on 11 was really kind of a snapshot. You know, he did like one of those. And then the next one was 11 on seven. Kyle Shanahan even pulled the defensive line off the field in that second in that second rep that made it 11 on 7. So the coaches are being cautious with Jimmy. Jimmy's being cautious with Jimmy and I think a we're big being thing cautious now, with Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> the fans are being cautious with Jimmy and Jimmy but Jimmy being the person that he is he seems to have the the mentality and in his press conferences and even in the, some of the flashes of play that we've seen, he's got some of that, some of that, what is it? That, that clout that we see the big names exhibiting year in and year out. And in order to be one of the big names, you've got to train and play like the big names. And so Jimmy G is actually going to participate in the 3d QB program in Southern California to work on mechanics which is led by a former big league pitcher of all people, Tom House. I've never even heard of him. But what's important to note there is that this is the same workout program that Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, and Jared Goff all participate in. And with the exception of Matt Stafford, all of those other quarterbacks have been to a Super Bowl or have won a Super Bowl. So this is formula replicating that Jimmy G is doing here. and. This is these are these are the habits that you want to see out of a quarterback. And so I'm definitely glad that he's taking an additional step, not just waiting for training camp to come. He's like, nope, I'm gonna do more work and then I'm gonna come and come into training camp having this new knowledge from this camp too. And I hope he continues to do it every offseason because these guys, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, those guys, they don't take years off. They do this year in and year out. That's why they play at a high level. That's why Drew Brees and Tom Brady who are both old, still play like they're in their late 20s, early 30s. Uh, Drew Brees is, looks more youthful than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's kind of a stiff out there, but has the throwing mechanics down so well that you know he makes it look look very easy. But 
this is part of the reason why they've been able to sustain their careers. Not only have they polished their mechanics, but they're also very good at taking care of themselves health-wise. So Jimmy G's, you know, definitely starting to pick up these habits, and it's nice to see that he's, you know, taking an active. This is not somebody that not something that he. This is not something that somebody told him he needs to do. This is something that he told himself he needs to do, and he's making an effort to do it. So good on Jimmy because this is this is how you become a champion. This is how you become a champion. So those are our three biggest takeaways from minicamp. Number one, number three, offensive line signed up through 2021, the signing of Joe Staley. That is obviously huge. I want to kind of piggyback on that, Raymond, mainly because he has just been the rock for this team, and I love that. Number two, will the defense be healthy and ready? I, we, uh, You know, Bose is talking about maybe. how— Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We don't really know the answer. There isn't really an answer. Bose is talking about how, you know, he should be, quote-unquote, should be ready by week one. And then number one, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo returns and looks pretty good. Some other kind of odds and ends. A lot, lot of buzz about the wide receivers. A lot of buzz, a lot of competition there. That makes me happy. There was good buzz on the wide receivers. So, I mean, the offense has been relatively healthy. That's why we haven't heard anything. I mean, that's why... It, it, it it was not one of our big topics because it's not an area of concern. So, I mean, take that, take that as a positive, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. You know, I think Trent, Trent Taylor was the one that stood out to me. Dante Pettis also stood out to me. A lot of the draft picks we got the year before are doing much better this year because they've now got a season under their belt. Trent Taylor had a sophomore slump because he came back from back surgery, but everyone's saying that now he looks really, really good this year. He's kind of been one of the large standouts. And of course we have George Kittle the best we have the best tight end in the national football league and that's always something to you know be be happy about and be optimistic about especially going to the season because now we have all these other weapons to work with like tevin coleman i think he's i think he's going to be a huge integral part of this offense to me he's the most exciting running back out of this group for me personally so i don't know about you guys out there you know rudy i don't know who you are excited about as far as the running back core goes but tevin coleman to me seems like I think he's been healthy most of his career, and he's been productive, and he knows Kyle Shanahan's system. So I feel like this is just a marriage, you know, a marriage meant that this is going to fit like a glove. Tevin Coleman, without question, without question, I think next to D Ford, the most important pickup we had in the off season, and really, he is that versatile back that can play wide receiver and running back, and really gives the versatility that Shanahan's looking for. Shanahan has said. In this offseason, which I find really interesting, and I look forward to really see, being see, I look forward to seeing being executed in the regular season. He talked about how he was really going for a positionless offensive core, where it's positionless, where it you know you've got Kittle, the wide receivers, the running backs moving around, playing different roles, and I think that is so exciting. It's so innovative, and if there's anyone that can pull that off, it's guys like Tevin Coleman and George Kittle. And so this, what they're doing and what he's trying to execute out there, I think is so exciting. And I think they're going to pull it off. I think they're going to, but with all the patchwork Kyle Shanahan's done these, even the past two seasons, he's gotten a lot of productivity out of players that would be, you know, waved off of other rosters. So I think that's, you know, that's a credit to Kyle Shanahan and his ability to get the best out of players, even when, you know, they're average or below average. Yes. 
All right. Let's go into the big news of the weekend. The biggest news in the sports world here in the U.S. of A. The biggest without question. Anthony Davis has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now let me explain this a little bit to the people, to the Goldcast Nation, Dub Nation. So I, I love the Lakers. Love been rooting for the Lakers for many, many years. Love the Lakers. They were they were always like the big brother to the Golden State Warriors. Now I also have been rooting against LeBron James for many, many years. Greatest player in the game. Don't really agree with a lot of his leadership tactics. Totally, I'm a huge fan of his, of how what he's done for the community of Cleveland. A huge fan of all, all that he has done in terms of what he's done as a community member, as a member of the community of Cleveland. The amount of money he's given, the organizations he's put together. I will never have a single bad thing to say about LeBron James when it comes to that. Not the biggest fan of his leadership. Not the biggest fan of the way he treats coaches. Not the biggest fan of his passive aggressiveness, his whininess, his ability to disappear at the end of games, his ability to put the blame on everybody but himself and never hold himself accountable. I'm not a fan of any of that. Not always, never been a fan of how, who he is as a player. Respect his game, but not a fan. So when he joined the Lakers, I had to take my... Laker, my Laker fandom, and I had to put it on hold. And I did. I put it on hold. Because I'm just not a big fan of LeBron James. I would rather just wait this era out. And so, the signing of Anthony Davis, there was the Laker fan in me that said, yeah, awesome. But of course, there's the Laker hater in me, the one that doesn't like LeBron James on the Lakers, and said, I don't like this. I don't. I'm happy for Anthony Davis. I'm happy for LA. I'm not happy for LeBron. Now he gets his shiny new toy. And now the Lakers have vaulted themselves by virtue of nothing other than the fact that they're the city of LA. They have vaulted themselves into position to now become the Western Conference favorites. And I think without question, they're the only team in the Western Conference that has two top six players. The Warriors, everybody in a Warriors jersey right now is in a hospital with in a full body cast, with the exception of Steph Curry. So the Warriors have already called this year a stopgap year. Kerr jokingly went to Adam Silver and said, hey, can we take the year off? And so the Warriors are done. You guys, We have to understand this, Dub Nation. I'm not saying they're not going to be competitive. I'm not saying that they're not going to not, – maybe they get in as a as an eighth seed or may, maybe they even somehow worm their way down. You never know. Worm their way down to the – the, the sixth, the fifth, or the fourth. But this is officially a the Lakers season as of right now. They're they're going for Kemba Walker, who is going to replace Lonzo Ball as their primary uh ball handler, their ball passer. And they really have an opportunity now to seize the day. And then the rumor this morning, Raymond. The rumor this morning, Raymond, the rumor this morning. Goldcast Nation is that Kyrie Irving really wants to play with AD. So now they have an opportunity to basically create 
a version of the Warriors down here in Los Angeles. You're talking about a three-headed monster, possibly, of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie Irving. Which, man, I wish the Warriors were fully healthy and locked and loaded because if, if we were fully healthy, I would actually love this. I'd be like, let's go. Clay, KD, Steph versus LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, let's go. That is that is like the that is like Hogan versus the Giant. That that is like Tyson versus Holyfield. I mean, I don't pick your pick your pick your version. That is Thanos versus the Avengers. That is th- th- there's a million ways I can describe that. But now we have this situation Goldcast Nation where it is possible for Kyrie Irving to go. Now, there's still you got to you got to put that with a grain of salt. You got to remember Kyrie Irving fired his agent, signed with Rock Nation. Rock Nation, the guy who runs Rock Nation, his twin brother is the guy who runs the Nets. So this is there are a lot of connections here. This is this is far from a done deal. But huge huge news coming out of Southern California, coming out of the Los Angeles Lakers, the wine and gold, Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Raymond, share your thoughts. What do you think now that this has happened? What are your thoughts? Well, it's a little disappointing because it means that we have to hate the Lakers even more now. And if, if, if the, yeah, and, and if Kyrie Irving indeed does go back, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we have to take that one with a huge grain of salt because there seems to be more legitimate influence pointing towards him joining the Nets than there are towards him pointing towards LA. Even though I know he had that that famous Instagram post of him in the jersey, I think he's just flirting and you know, memeing a little bit, and that there's more truth to the Nets than to LA because the rumor didn't say, Ooh, I would love to play with AD and LeBron. It just said he wants to play with AD and it might be true that, Oh yeah, the, the prospect of playing with AD might be great, but I don't know if I'd want to do that with LeBron. You know, it just might be the, the general sense that, Hey, I've been interested in playing with AD. Sure. I think there's, you know, there's no reason to not believe that there's no reason to fully believe it otherwise. But I also think that this is going to be, you know, LA I think is going to be the favorite going into the next season and rightfully so, but only by default, not because, not because of anything, not because of their, they've been a dominant team. I, to me, you know, LeBron, I I think he's going to be LeBron coming off his injury. Although I'd be very surprised. I'd be very surprised if, if that injury slowed him down, I don't think it's going to, he's very good about his health and you know, his, his, his health throughout his career is indicative of that. And so I just think that this next NBA season is going to be similar to the Giants season, albeit a lot more competitive because we have still have some great pieces in place with Curry and Draymond Green, obviously on the starting lineup, and whoever else we're able to able to retain. You mean the current like. Giants season? The current Giants Got season, it. yes. And I think that I'm already thinking of it in, in different terms. That's how bad the Giants are. 
right now. And and they'll they'll get the Giants will start to get going next season. That's when things will really pick off. We're just waiting for Bochi to retire and give him his farewell. That's more or less what's happening over there. But with the Lakers, it's it's kind of whatever. I mean, if Kyrie does join, then you know I think your prediction is right. That that I mean you you know that or it's 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 the opposite, right? Like we thought that Kyrie didn't want to be LeBron's bitch boy, but if it does happen, turns out he does want to be LeBron's bitch boy. <laughs> turns out that he also wants to be the bitch boy of Anthony Davis because he's going to be the number three option at that point. Davis and LeBron are going to share the number one. They're going to be they're going to switch off from number one, number two. And he's going to be number three. I just don't, I don't think that Kyrie would want to take a step down to number three after being number one and two for the majority of his career. Well, what concerns me is that Kyrie already had expressed interest in joining the Lakers when he first uh, started testing, decided he was going to test the free agency market and not resign with the Celtics. So this was something he was already considering. And now that Anthony Davis is there, who stops them? If he joins them, they're a lock. It's a it's a lock, barring catastrophic injury, or unless Kawhi stays with Toronto and they somehow shut them down. Because again, you know, you you have to look at what they gave up, right? Because they really can. They've got about thirty two point five million dollars in cap space, I believe, is what they have. And the Lakers or the the La- Toronto the Lakers. So they. They sign so Kemba can Kemba Kemba Walker can if Kemba Walker stays in Charlotte, he can get the most he can get the biggest contract there if he stays. But theoretically, if he leaves, they could possibly sign him and Kyrie to a one year deal. Let's 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 just get the ring. And they, they have the money to do that. They have, I believe it's $32.5 million. It might be 35.2. We don't always fact. That's not stuff I fact-checked on the gold. Card. Jimmy Butler should go to Toronto. That's what, he, that's what he should do if I were him. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler goes there and joins Kawhi. The only problem with Jimmy Butler is that he's kind of a – just you know, he, he has a history of – Really disrupting teams, you know. He's not a chemistry Being guy. A dick, yeah. <laughs> like like Kyrie Irving, yeah. He's he's a he, and LeBron, <laughs> yeah. He's he has a history of disrupting chemistry. I, I'm not. I'm not. Kyrie sure. Kyrie has injury history too. I would not be surprised if wherever he went and wherever he goes this in this upcoming season, if he gets injury. He was injured in the Celtics. He was injured with the Celtics. He was injured with Cleveland. He's injured uh, on more than one occasion with Cleveland, and with more than one occasion with Boston. So. You know, I don't trust his health. I trust his ability, but not not his health. Well, so let's talk about how this impacts the Warriors, as we promised at the beginning of this episode. I think the window for KD to return is bigger than ever. Well, KD's completely off the table for LA now. And I think LA knew that once he got injured and they lost. Yeah, well... He said... Or maybe I mean I don't know I I can't I'm not in the head of the Lakers but that seems to be the insinuation. Well, KD KD was never going to Le- join LeBron. I don't give a f what LeBron thought or what Rich He's called him toxic. Yeah, in pub in public. Yeah, no, there's no way. There was no way. But the biggest loser in all this is the Knicks. <laughs> Those as usual as usual. Per the usual. And you know what? Let, let me say this, and then I want to get to this worst thing. Let me just say this real quick 
to all my Laker friends who talk about how it was garbage a KD signed, ruined basketball, blah, 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 blah. The Warriors built their team the right way. They built their team through the draft, got key pickups in free agency, a lot of them to the bench originally, and then when the best player available, Kevin Durant, became available after nine years of trying to get a small market team to the big show, finally got tired of playing with Russell Westbrook, he decided he wanted to go to the best team available, and the best team available was the Golden State Warriors. We built our team the right way, and there's nothing wrong with the best player available wanting to go to the best team to learn from the best system, and that's what he said he wanted to do. The Lakers have literally done nothing to deserve this roster. They have been the most dysfunctional franchise. They have made bonehead move after bonehead move. They literally have done nothing. What what have they what 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 is LeBron James here to do besides win championships? Film Space Jam 2. Who gives a shit about Space Jam 2? Okay? So I can't stand when the, the most dysfunctional franchise, as dysfunctional arguably more than the New York Knicks sits here on their little pouty throne giving all this crap about, oh, the Warriors, oh, KD, la, 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 la. Well, now you've got your team and you've done nothing to deserve it. You've literally been the most dysfunctional, laughable joke of a franchise this entire time. But the only reason you have them is because you're L.A., because you're Los Angeles, because you are literally the multimedia center of the entire world. I get it. And they gave up close to the house just to get them. Gave up close to, to the get house. AD. Yeah. Michael Magic Johnson left. There was a bunch of drama between him and what's his name? I can't remember his name. He looks like Rob Lowe. Oh, Rob Palenka. The other Rob. Yes. Yeah, the other Rob. <laughs> he has a bizarro Rob. Bizarro Rob. Um, yeah, he uh, drama between him and Magic. They fired Luke Walton. You know, they just got a new coach. So they don't even have a system in place for these guys. No. You know, they, they've got drama. They've got drama. They've got Space Jam 2. And now they've got Anthony Davis. <laughs> Drama, yeah, and Frank Vogel as the coach, and then Jason Kidd as his assistant coach. Because we all know, halfway through the season, when LeBron James hates Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd is going to usurp him to get the job. Yes, and he's going to become the next Ty Lue minus you know, short of a championship. Yeah, we know this is exactly happening. So don't give me any crap because you guys are a joke of a, t- a team and you don't deserve your team. But it's okay when LA does it. It's just not okay when the Warriors do it. Golden State, Golden State can't can't jack the tables to ensure themselves, but the Lakers can all the time. That's totally okay. And I, just the 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 double standard drives me insane. Anyways, yes, they've they've been the Yankees of the association for decades. For decades, that's what they've always done. But the Warriors do it, and it's bullshit. And, oh, my God, you know, they just make sports so unfair, blah, 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 blah. Lakers can do it, though. Lakers, it's okay. It's okay if the Lakers do it. That's totally okay. Anyways, I digress. This is why I hate the Lakers until LeBron leaves. We'll see how I feel afterwards. As I've mentioned a million times on this podcast, the Warriors are back in San Francisco. I am a San Francisco-born native, Mission 23rd, St. Luke's Hospital, same as you, Raymond, St. Anthony's, Presida Park, let's go, Army Street, so I cannot. I still call it Army Street, huh? I still call it Army Street amongst native friends when I'm speaking to everybody else at Cesar Chavez. Yeah, because that's how they know it. And on all due respect, mm-hmm. Cesar Chavez was a great man. No, no issues. There. Yeah. So, yes. So, no issues there. But yes, among natives, it's Army Street, and it's all good. I'm fine with both. So I digress. We're digressing. All right, back to this though. 
This opens the window for Kevin Durant to come back. This opens it wider than ever before. It is time. It is, as Clay Thompson said, there is unfinished business. And you're watching. If Kyrie ends up going to the Lakers, where's KD going to go? He's not going to go anywhere. He's going to stay right here, re-up. And we are going for Lakers-Warriors 2021. It is in the books. You can put it in. I'm telling you right now, I think already the Anthony Davis trade stacks it in our favor. Now, Kyrie, even if he goes to the Nets, I don't think KD resigns. I think he's staying right here. The injury and the loss, Klay Thompson in his ear, the Warriors in his ear, Bob Myers in his ear, Steve Kerr's in his ear. I think he comes back. He resigns right here, and we get this team together. Now, I'm not saying it's in stone, but if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, I think you could put that in stone. What do you think? I think so. I think so, absolutely. You know, they can... This this whole season is now going to be about getting getting healthy, and then next year everyone's going to get a break. They might even they're they're going to have a shorter season, meaning they're not going to get to the finals. I think that is a foregone conclusion. It's an easy bet to take, and I think as a result they're going to have extra time off during the off season to really get to get refreshed, re-energized to go on you know another run. For how long that run lasts, I, it obviously won't last. I'd I be very surprised and doubtful that it goes on five years straight again. But the this year is a pause, kind of like the pause when Michael Jordan paused with the Chicago Bulls to go retire and try baseball for whatever the hell reason was, you know, what's going on in his head at the time. But in this case, we're going to pause to get healthy, have a shorter season as a result, and then come back in 2020. 2020-2021 season to start a new run. How how the what the teams what the landscape of the team looks like there and as far as the bench is concerned, I think will be very different. Uh, Iguodala might be retired by then. Sean Livingston will certainly be gone by then. So they'll have to sh- address those concerns then. But for now, they're still with us. And you know, for the for for the future for the immediate future, not the long term future, but. I think two years from now, you know, we're going to be back in in the race and we're going to be just as strong as we have been. Agreed. Agreed. So, L.A., enjoy this moment because this moment more than likely has now put us in position to come back and kick your ass all over the court and reclaim the throne. We just got to wait a season. I can wait a season. Ray, can you wait a season? That's fine. It's fine. Especially since two of our biggest stars are not even going to be there. Yeah, it's fine. You know? It's fine. So this is in, in, enjoy it because the king, the Kings, we will be back. And I'm not talking Sacramento. I'm talking Golden State. All right. So Raymond, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Another jam-packed episode. It's great to have you back. Goldcast Nation, isn't it great to hear Raymond's voice again? It's not just me ranting in your ear like a maniac. <laughs> so it's great. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 there won't. There, there definitely isn't. So, Raymond, we uh, hopefully we're going to have – I'm still not going to spoil this interview. I'm going to try and lock up this interview with this person for this week, but you know who this person is. Just tell the Goldcast Nation how awesome this interview is going to be. I think you guys are going to be really excited once you find out who it is, which you'll find out during the episode. 
when it actually drops live. That's right. And this is if you're a native and you follow all three sports, you're going to be excited about who this person is. This is somebody I, I I've seen a million times and 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 never spoken to. So this is this is a super fan. All right, this is somebody that's a, a pretty big super fan. I'm very excited to talk to. Any final thoughts, Ray? No, I think we're good. Awesome. Me too. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisse III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. Let's go. This is, this is the Gold Cast. 